Before we begin, I want to note that this show is not a substitute for therapy or treatment of any kind. We are not licensed mental health professionals, and our only qualifications are our own experiences and opinions. If you do need professional help, there will be resources in the description below and also featured at the end of the show. Hey, that rhymes. Heck yeah, it does. You're listening to the Fine I'm Not Fine podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Savannah. Let's start with a quick exercise and then we'll do a check-in. So drop your shoulders. And this is again for people who are not driving. Drop your shoulders. Unclench your jaw. Relax your forehead. Flatten your hands. And relax your ears. So breathe in. And breathe out. One more time, please. Breathe in. And out. That was very beautiful. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the third episode of the Find I'm Not Fine podcast. And today is a very special episode. We have a guest joining us today. It's my mom, Angie. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're so happy you're here. Please feel free to say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So before we start, we do check-ins since the last time we spoke. So, Mom, how have you been for the past week or so. Have you been doing anything new? I've been well, thank you. New is just getting outside and socializing, but limiting myself to socializing because I'm a social butterfly. And so if any friends ask me to go out, I have a little checklist in my head. Yeah. How big is the crowd? Am I inside? Am I outside? Has that person been vaccinated? (laughs) No, that's important. Gosh. And it's hard to think like that sometimes. Um, And do I have my mask? Mm -hmm. But yes, to have that kind of checklist now could be somewhat daunting. And it could also discourage me from going out. Yeah, period. So for me just to go out has been good. I've got to take a lot of pictures with the people I have been with, but I'm very careful about posting them. Mm -hmm. So that's been the latest thing is just stepping out of my apartment. I'm glad you got to step out. That's really lovely. Thank you. How about you, Al? How are you doing? I went to the doctors three times this week. (laughs) Why? I'm trying to take care of my diabetes. Mm -hmm. So, How's it going? It's going well. I got a sensor installed in my arm. I feel like a cyborg. (laughs) (laughs) That makes you cooler, in my opinion. Yeah, I just go around scanning. It's like, beep, beep. Oh, yeah. Check my blood sugar. But you're well, though, so no one worries about you. Yeah. saying this. Okay, that's good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It was a very rough month. I've been running on low percentage, but today I think the chemicals decided to take a little break and I'm feeling more normal specifically today, which is really nice. So I'm feeling okay today. Thank you. Good to hear. Thank you. Today's episode, we'll be talking about grief, which is obviously a super heavy concept, but it's a very special thing that connects all of us. Uh, The person we share grief with is our grandma. Mom, would you like to give us like a little glimpse of who grandma was and introduce her a little bit to people who don't know her out there. Mm, already tearing up. You take your time. My mom. Everybody knew her as Dolly. And my dad gave her that name, that nickname. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. She was probably the closest to you can get as an angel on earth. Oh, mama. Yeah. And, man, so many people loved her. She constantly amazed me, but I thought... One of the cool things about myself is that I could look at her and I already knew what kind of person she was. I don't think everybody saw that. Not only was she anxious to learn about a lot of things, she had a lot of challenges. 
that she had to overcome too. Mm -hmm. But she was very, very proud of her marriage to Papa. And also her children. Her grandchildren were bonus. She loved all you guys. (laughs) It's so funny. I haven't cried about her in a a bit. And I didn't know I was going to cry about her today. I thought I maybe would, but... To talk about somebody so lovely and then not have them here anymore, it's, it's very painful. And, you know, people say things to comfort you. And then you also have people who say really crappy things to you, too. Yeah. And I think it's just because they just don't know what to say. But what I take comfort in is knowing that she was my mom for almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you could say 50 years because I was hanging around in her womb. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story, by the way, how you came out of the womb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the cool stories that she said to me, well, actually, she wrote it in a letter to me when I was getting confirmed. Mm-hmm. There are five children. I was the sixth one. And, of course, I know nothing about my mom and dad and their relationship in the family before I came. When I was born, though, her and my dad were having hard times. She said that I was the angel that came and I mended their heart. <laughs> And it's really so incredible to have that in a written letter by her to me. One of the finest people ever. And that's why I take comfort in knowing is that the finest human beings was my mom. So if you know somebody fine like that, think of my mom times a million. That's my mom. That was very lovely, mama. Thank you. Yeah. I was totally (laughs) expecting you to say something of, she was born here. (laughs) But that was a million times more beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. I think that, that yeah, I, I, if I was thinking in that terms of like, oh, yeah, <laughs> she was my mom. She was born <laughs> in the Philippines. And when she was young, she went to Hawaii. She met my dad. And that's where our family began. That's perfect. You know, that kind of thing. But, oh, no. <laughs> that's so, so What is your favorite fun memory of grandma or a funny one? Like a time that brought you joy or something that made you laugh. Or you could pick a couple, however many you want. (laughs) (laughs) There was one time I was really young. I don't remember my mom laughing often when I was a kid. You know, she's really busy. She may have laughed around other people, but I don't remember that. She's busy raising me. But there was one time I saw Julia Childs on TV. Oh my gosh. You know, and I'm little, really little. And I thought, wow, she's kind of cool. So I walked up to grandma and I'm like, I'm Julia Child. It was like the best laugh I ever seen her do. I was like, wow. I mean, it was a great laugh because it was like from the gut kind of laugh. You sent her into a roar. I did. And that was that, that was so great. That was, I was really, really little. Oh, another memory. And this one wasn't really funny, but I, I thought it was kind of cool is when I was at Sutter, there was a performance I was in and it was a dance performance. And I didn't really know anything to tell grandma, except I'm going to be performing. Mm-hmm. So we're doing this dance and grandma's there and she's looking at me. I had no idea she was looking at me. I get off a of stage and she was so proud because she said I was the star but I never oh. thought of me being the star because I was front center oh they it, put you in the center yeah front center so I remember her being so proud of that I mean I have oh. many many moments of her being really really proud of me but that really stuck to me a lot of my childhood stuff sticks to me because I had a really great childhood yeah. but that was really cool to see her be so happy and to tell her brother about it. And I could hear her too. And 
while she's doing it, I'm not really thinking too much about it. But that when I got older, I thought, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> she was really, really proud. That's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. How about you, Al? Do you have one or two, like, joyful memories? So she used to text me, like, all the time. Yes. But, like, the best text messages were when she would text me about soap operas. <gasps> I had no idea that she knew that I watched them. <laughs> Somehow she knew that I watched them. And she would text me and be like, hey, what's going on in the soap opera? Papa won't let me watch it. He wants to watch wrestling. <laughs> so she'd be like, does Sasha know that she has a secret sister? <laughs> I'm like, no, not yet. Is she going to tell her? No, not yet. Why? And it was just like the best thing. Brighten up my day every time. That is so cute. It was funny that she did that because she also, later on, it cracked me up when she would watch wrestling. And she would know all the wrestlers. And she would tell us her favorites. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's something that she shared with her mom. Oh my gosh, yeah. Great grandma watch wrestling? Yeah, she watched. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, every time she would come out from Hawaii, (laughs) wrestling on. Just two old ladies watching wrestling. Well, the bummer is, is they never got to watch it together. Really? Yeah. They, I, I never saw my mom watch it with her at the time. My mom was always really busy. I don't know how she did everything. You know, she's raising a family. She's working full time. She's taking care of my dad and, you know, just, just really, really busy all the time. But still made time. I don't know how my parents made me feel like, like I was the only one. Like a big priority. Always. Mm-hmm. I've never felt without. It's pretty cool. One of my favorite things that you've shared about grandma that you give me and I love it is the shampoo story. Mm. The So can I say it or would you like to say no, it? Go ahead. Okay. So, well, I'll share my joyful memories in a bit, but I want to tell this one because I really like this story. So grandma would love and tend to everybody, but you know, Money wasn't a huge thing, wasn't a huge asset, so it's not like we can just get anything we want at any time. But my mom, when you were, like, younger, like a kid, right? Mm-hmm. You wanted this fancy shampoo. It was like the, <laughs> it was like the, not super fancy, but it was like the nice shampoo. It was. It was on commercials. It was on commercials. It was on commercials. <laughs> you wanted the nice shampoo, and, nice and, shampoo and yeah. grandma got it for you just because yeah. you wanted it. It's very simple, but I really like that because... I remember the exact same thing happened to me. And you shared that story. I told you, I want Garnier Fructis, mom. <laughs> or what was, it was either Garnier Fructis or Herbal Essences. It was oh. Herbal Essences. It was Herbal. Because I remember <laughs> I people think, who think. used it would smell like incredible. I'm like, I want Herbal Essences. Because <laughs> we would use pretty simple shampoo, but I wanted the fancy smelling. But it was like expensive to me. And you're like, we'll get it. We're going to get it. Put it in the cart. And I'm like, that <laughs> is the best thing that ever happened to me in my life right there. I think that's what's really cool about sharing these kind of memories, too, because, you know, these are things that that she had done for me. And whenever you point out that I'm carrying on this tradition with you, mm-hmm. I think that's really great because I think a lot of her has, I would like to say, infused. <laughs> her ways yes. have infused in me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, so before we move on, I will share the funny memories. I'm not going to do it justice because I have so many funny ones. That's just our, me and grandma were like homies. Like (laughs) I would say a lot of the relationship was me trying to be funny (laughs) and her not thinking I was funny. She she probably thought it was funny, but sometimes I would get the little silence like that wasn't funny Or, (laughs) or something. So we would, we would have a lot of fun. One of the funnest things, it's not a specific memory, but 
it's something I would love to. I would whip out Snapchat and put the filters on her face. <laughs> and I would, I would like video her. It would be like a dog's face or like a squishing your face kind of filter. And I would do that every time I would be over and I'd show her. And then one day she asked me, what is that thing on your phone with the faces? <laughs> I said, oh, Snapchat, this thing, right? And she's like, yeah, I want that on my phone. <laughs> so grandma has a Snapchat account. That's so awesome. She tried to add me. I love how she knew how to add yeah. people. Oh I didn't even tell her how to do that. It just said, here, play with the filters. Did you know she has a Twitter account? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that a long time ago and I forgot about it. And then recently I was looking up some stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's her and Papa. Oh my gosh, oh, no account. kidding. Oh, yeah. She was so tech savvy. That's that's one of the things I admire about her is, like I said, her willingness to learn. And it, it never stopped. Didn't matter how old she got. She wanted to learn everything and anything that she could. Yes. She's just brilliant. I mean, just a great role model. And I, I'm really glad I got to be close to her. She would crack me up. God, you know, she... <laughs> I'd take her out for her Mother's Day and we'd go shopping. And like this whole look on her face, it was just joy. She was waiting for me outside on the porch with her walker or her cane. I'd, I'd drive up. Here she comes. Moving, <laughs> you know. Here she comes and then she get in the car and it was just really exciting. And there's, there's a lot of stuff. You asked me about things that, that made me laugh. There's stuff in the car we would talk about. She would crack me up. And it's it's like this nice little tiny room that we're sitting in, which is my car. And she's just sharing and sharing. You know, we'd share some serious stuff, some funny stuff. But there was one thing that she would always do every time I took her out. And before we went home, we always pick up something for my dad to eat. Or she would order something for him. But she would always think about him all the time, constantly. And I thought that was a really, really cool thing. Because, you know, I think about your dad all the time. Mm-hmm. But to see, you know, my mom doing that for my dad all the time and then bringing him home pizza or something. That was actually the last Mother's Day. We went out, picked up a pizza, brought it home and took pictures with them. And then Papa holding this pizza, big <laughs> smile on his face. So really, really fine individual. I mean, I, I can understand why the three of us have such heavy hearts when we think about her not being here. But I also think it's really cool that we can come together and talk about these really great memories that we have of her. And we all have different memories. And that's what's really fun. I mean, I knew she watched Young and the Restless and the Bold and the Beautiful, but to know that Alyssa got text messages saying, hey, what's going on with so-and-so? I was like, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I peel back more and more layers every time, like as time goes on, just knowing more and more about her. Like, oh my gosh, she did that too? Yeah. She has so much stuff going on. Like, so many, like, facets about her. Yeah. Yeah, she should sure What is something, big or small, that they taught you that you use in your everyday life? And you can go first, Mom. The main thing is how you treat people. My mom always did things with love. Love and kindness. Always. My dad's always been a hard worker. Mm-hmm. So those things are things that I live by. Love compassion and hard work and commitment Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it's yeah that's pretty much it because everything i do it's i base it upon those things that's an excellent one how about you al big or small thing that you use every day her cooking style (laughs) when i cook i don't really use measurements anymore yeah yeah there's a meme i saw that was like keep seasoning until your ancestors say that's enough child (laughs) and that's that's what i picture i'm like grandma's just saying all right that's enough Oh, I love that. I, I've never seen any mom in any kitchen measure anything. 
And I think she was she was totally an eyeballer. Yeah. I love that. I need to measure every single thing, so I don't know how she did it. Also, you make really good food that she makes. Like, the was it chop suey? Chop suey. That is baller. Made oh. stroganoff the other day. Oh, shut up. Fried chicken the day shut before. I, I tend to cook her stuff when I miss her. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. It makes me feel closer to her. You make it really good, too. Yeah. If that helps. I tried that when she was first gone. And every so often I'll do it and I have a recipe book and things like that. But the things that I do to feel closer to her are I wear her stuff. Stuff that she gave to me before, you know, before she wasn't here. And then stuff that I received afterwards. And and I really love that because that's my way to feel close to her. I also think it's pretty handy that my body is very similar to hers. I love wearing her clothes, and I think it's really funny how I own new, unused underwear that she gave me. Right, I know. <laughs> and she, I think we all have a pair. <laughs> Do you have a pair, Elle? She tried to give me some, and I was like, no, Grandma, I have my own underwear. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. I, I think it's fun. Well, she would give me a pack that was not used. It was super clean. But but even if they were opened already, it's because she opened it from the pack and washed them. Her stuff was just in great yeah. condition. Anyway, I'll yes. tell you, I use her stuff. <laughs> I Whether know. she used it or not. I know. Yes. She, good. I love that. So one of the things for me personally that she's taught me, I would say it's a pretty it's a pretty good thing. One time when we used to live across the street from her and she came over to our house one day to help me clean it. <laughs> So she went, we went through like the kitchen, living room, we picked up stuff and we washed dishes. And she told me when I have to, you know, when I start living on my own and I have to clean up and stuff, she said, just try to be as self-efficient as possible so you can rest later. You know, like just if you can do something while you're available, don't put it off, just do it. And then you'll be able to rest and forget about it later. So that's something I do. So I always try to clean my dishes like every other day or as much as possible instead of just leaving it. Like if I'm feeling really tired, that's one thing. But I always try to stay on top of that stuff because she told me to. That's what I learned. What is something you see in yourself that is totally something you picked up from her? Oh my gosh, that's a long list. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very long list. I heard that I sound like her. I didn't know until somebody recently told me that I guess I laugh similar to her, but I can't hear that. What I find to be very interesting is our career paths were very similar. We were in different areas. Like she was in the banking industry and I was in advertising and in healthcare, but we had very, very similar paths. We were both in sales. We both did direct sales. Mm -hmm. She went far in the banking industry. I went pretty far at the newspaper, but then when I transferred over to healthcare, you know, she worked her way up. I worked my way up. She was a supervisor. I was a supervisor. She had to drive from the Valley to Simi Valley sometimes, and then also to downtown Los Angeles, where I had to drive from Mission Hills to Santa Monica. So I thought that was kind of neat that I I look at them like, oh my gosh, she was very successful in home interiors. I did very well in Princess House. I thought that was cool. And And it wasn't anything that she said to me. It was, I kind of wonder, oh my gosh, is this just within me? Mm -hmm. That's lovely, Mama. Thank you. What about you, Al? Something you see in yourself. She used to call me mini-me. I know. So I feel like (laughs) like everything I do is like exactly like her. Being silly and just like sassy. (laughs) Just fun. That's very sweet. I think I really like tea 
and spilling it like tough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love <laughs> I like to, I don't like drama in my life, but if someone else has it, then I'll just go ahead and dip my little toes into it, sniff it, and maybe just tell someone about it. Like, guess what happened? Man, she was funny like that. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. She would, sometimes she would spill some tea, or even if it was just soap opera tea, like something that happened, guess what? I'm like, I would never watch them. So I would just sit there and be like, wow, that's crazy. So I, I think that's something in me. I like to spill and hear it from other people. <laughs> well, it is funny because that was kind of the, when I pick her up to go out and we're in the car, that's kind of like the little sharing room, the car, <laughs> sharing many things. Let's spill. Let's discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What are hobbies or thoughts that you use when um, you need to cope through some sadness when you miss that person like it could be distracting things or it could be like something you do in honor of them either one is great that's an interesting question because there are moments where i will find myself watching little house on the prairie that is something that she and i did in the mornings i was never i was straight up tell you i didn't like that show in the beginning when i was younger i thought (laughs) what is this drama (laughs) so much drama why are they all in like Like, weird clothes this is this is really boring me Alyssa's mom used to love that show. And I'd sit there and I'm like, God, can we watch Lucy or something else? But when I got older um, and I was still living with my mom and dad, I was in my 20s. And before I would go to work, she and I would watch it together. And And I love it. I actually watch it still to this day when she was... Even when she was really sick towards the end, when she was staying in a facility, sit there and watch it with her. So I, I, I'll do that every once in a while, but it doesn't, now it's more of a, if it comes on, it's like, oh yeah, and I'll sit there and watch it. It's not so painful anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that helped me a lot was uh, because we were locked down soon after she had passed away too, is I was dealing with a lot of emotions, a lot of grief from her passing and then from being locked down in not knowing what's going on, I'd go on Facebook. Now, Facebook, we all know Facebook got pretty ugly there for a while. Mm-hmm. So I had to avoid that because that, that was really bringing me down too. So I would look up groups specifically for vintage fashion and kind of get ideas and tips and stuff. And I thought, you know what, I'm at home. I'm not going anywhere, so let me play with my clothes. Mm-hmm. And Ollie was, you know, was that helpful? Then I started really getting into it and um, really enjoying the clothes from grandma and papa and also my own grandma and just changing my clothes every single day. One group found me on another vintage group and said, hey, we're doing this show and tell. I'm like, show and tell? (laughs) That's me. Let me show and tell something. (laughs) And I didn't know this. But this the show and tell group actually is very careful about who they let into their group. I mean, they kind of do some sort of screening, and I don't even know what screening is. Oh my it is. gosh! But it's it's very serious. It's very tasteful group, and so it's fancy. Yeah, has this group has helped me with my grief. I mean, just talking to them, not necessarily about grief, but just about fashion and learning so much about vintage fashion in the industry and how people when they dress in vintage that they're expressing themselves in very unique ways so you can have people who are purists and need to be head to toe 40s 
And then you have other ones that are like, hey, you know what? There's 80s clothes that look like 40s. I'm going to go with the 80s clothes. Oh it's still gosh. vintage and, and wear those. But I, I found this group to be so helpful. And it's it's great for me in terms of thinking deeply about how I want to present myself, but also thinking creatively, mixing and matching things. It gets your mind in another cog work. Yeah. yeah. I do think about my mom and think, gosh, I wish she was here so she could see me how I dress now. Because she would say oh. things to me when they, I was wearing a specific outfit. She would say, that's very flattering on you. And that made me feel good. Yeah. Because not everything is flattering. <laughs> and you, love, you value her opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a couple of things. Other than going outdoors. Outdoors helps me too. Hiking, fishing, that kind of thing. But mainly it's this, this vintage group that's really got my head out of dark places. I love that. What about you, Al? Well, as you know, she loved Vegas. So something that comforts me is I think about how she's up there. Oh my gosh. Gambling, playing some Kino, oh. some slot machines up with Auntie Lily, Shana's grandma. That is so sweet. Yeah, she used to like video poker too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blackjack table, video poker. Wow. Oh Blackjack. She even had that on her iPad, the gambling games. <laughs> so she could play at home. Yes. I have two things that I do. So one of them I do rarely it's when i really need to like vomit out the feelings if you will i this sounds super weird but please don't judge me i pull out a picture of her and i talk to it and i tell her about things that i want to tell her about i just say like i got my new apartment well the last time i did it i said i got my new apartment and it's really nice and i just i just said everything and it was a very it wasn't fun. <laughs> like it wasn't like a like a whole lighthearted experience, but it was just something that it it really helped release all like the news that I wanted to share and like the big stuff too, like the heavy stuff, like I miss you. But that was really helpful because every time I'd plop my butt down at her house, I would just shoot the breeze and tell her stuff, and it was like a whole year and a half of me not telling her stuff. So that was really helpful. Just spilling it all out. That's really cool. I don't think that's weird at all. I don't think that's weird either. I actually talk to her myself. I look at her pictures. I do. I'll talk to her at her pictures. I do that with Grandma Betty, too. Yeah. You know, you're your other grandmother. That's my other grandma. But that's why I have pictures around our apartment. Yeah. Because I could look at it if I want to talk to her right there. What's up, girl? Or or in the room or whatever. But... I, I don't think I've had my conversations with her haven't been, you know, at length, mm-hmm. but they're, they're little messages to her like, oh, mom. sporadic. Yeah. Oh, thanks, mom. Or mom, I wish you were here. Or mom, I'm okay. Oh, that's, that's another thing I tell her like, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah. When yeah. she pops up in your head, just say it. Yeah. It's, that's a newer one though. Mm-hmm. But that, that didn't really happen too much <laughs> early on. But oh, yeah, no. I was like, oh, thanks mom. I'm Okay. <laughs> I do that too sometimes when, cause I, cause my apartment is filled with stuff that both her and my other grandma, grandma Betty gave me like have like utensils, like kitchen <laughs> utensils. I'll just be like, Oh my gosh, thanks grandma for the spoon. Like I'll just say ran like th- that's something that I do like the sporadic stuff. I love doing that too. The second thing that I like to do. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry in advance. Cause this one is like a big one. I like to give Something that I know that a lot of people with grief have like verbalized is they have a lot of love, but they don't know where to put it. Like once the person's gone and I I feel like that, yeah, totally. That's totally what it is. So I put my love 
if I'm feeling like I need to put my love for grandma somewhere, I put it in other people that knew her. So I'll put it in like both of you. I'll put it into grandpa for sure. If I'm missing my other grandma, I'll put it into like my dad and like my brother and stuff and sometimes myself. That really helps. Like just because it's also like putting out something positive like for other people and like manifesting it in real time. So I really like to do that too. That's very sweet. Oh, thanks. Thank you. I like that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. What is the best piece of advice that you have for someone going through something similar like this? Going through grief, like a similar type of grief that you're going through. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the best piece of advice because grief is, oh gosh, it's like grief is a bunch of different layers. You feel so much in the beginning then then it kind of comes out of nowhere sometimes you're feeling okay and then all of a sudden it like smacks you in the face and then you're down again i would say is you need to take time for yourself when you're having those grieving moments is to step back and do some self-care whether it's just stepping back from whatever you're doing at the moment whether it's looking ahead and saying you know i'm going to take a day off for myself just so i can just not think of anything but just taking time for yourself because whatever it is that you're worried about, it'll still be there. Mm-hmm. So just take a moment. That's no, that's really good. It's very good. How about you, Al? I talked about this in therapy mm-hmm. and basically like my therapist recommended that we celebrate the person that we miss like every day and little things like mm-hmm. I do, like the cooking and just like being kind and Mm-hmm. All those kind of things. No, that's very important too. I would say the best piece of advice that I have for someone is to remember that your grief is your own. So the way someone else, even if you and someone else are grieving the same person, you might both be, your grief might look differently. And you might think, oh my gosh, they're doing it that way. Why don't I look that way? Or, you know, they're doing something like to honor them or they're they have this special like feeling with this person that I don't understand or that I don't relate to but it's just like just remember that your grief and your feeling of loss of that person is is completely your own and you don't have to do you could you do whatever you need to get through it and you feel however you feel and that's okay it's okay if you don't relate to anyone because it's a very isolating process so you just be be very honorable of your relationship with that person and respect like your own your own processing like how you, how you're getting there it's and just be patient with yourself so yeah that's my piece of advice yeah that that's really important to be patient with yourself i think a lot of people that i've talked to about grief is that sometimes they put some expectations on themselves like they feel like they should be at a certain point or they should not feel this anymore and one thing that I've learned is that you'll feel grief at different degrees at different times but you learn to live with it and you will have those moments where you're crying but you'll have those moments that you're celebrating their life the fact that you knew them the fact all the goodness that they brought to you the things that they left with you I I like that I could see that more now more of that a little bit less of the crying but I've come to notice that when there are things that I'm going to be doing uh, that used to bring me joy that that it's because of her and my dad have influenced me it's getting up to that point to doing whatever like it was camping and fishing Mm -hmm. this last time Mm -hmm. that was hard that was so hard I cried all the way up up even the day that we were driving up north to go camping, I was crying. I actually took a picture of myself because I wanted to see what it looked like. 
You're crying? Yeah, oh. yeah, because I think that, that's one thing that people don't understand about me. Yeah. If you don't really, really know me or if I haven't really shared too much with you is that even though I'm just I'm happy, a generally happy person, is that I experience sadness and anger and grief. And even though I'm, there are times where I appear calm, mm-hmm. um, I experience all that. So I wanted to look at that. And see what it, it looks very painful <laughs> to see my expression. I'm like, God, that's that's a lot of pain. But yeah, to, sure. to look at that, I still see it a, a little differently too. Other than at the moment I was in pain, but at the other moment, I'm like, God, I really loved my mom. Yeah. And it's okay to look like that. I've heard the comparison of grief to like a button in a box and a big ball that's bouncing around the box. So when you're when the grief is really fresh, that ball's really big and it's bouncing around and it'll hit that button like so many times. It's a big ball and it keeps hitting that button. But over time, like the, you know, the ball gets smaller, but the button is still there and it's still just as painful every time it gets pushed. But it's like over time, as you heal, like it, it gets smaller, like the things that trigger it. But it, it's still a very fresh thing. And that's, I think, important to remember that it's okay to just feel the big pains when you need to that's a really great analogy because that's true because when that button pu- is pushed it really it can just weigh you down no kidding yeah. yeah before we go i would love to ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing the story of how you were born because i love that story <laughs> yeah. i think it's a funny grandma story too so i was a pleasant surprise i was i was not planned i'm the sixth child <laughs> a surprise and my mother was on the pill it's so weird to say yeah, <laughs> it is. You know what? It's just kind of she's interesting. So my mom was on the pill. This is in the 60s. She's on the pill. Mm-hmm. And we know still today that birth control is not 100%. You know, there's always that tiny bit of tiny, tiny fraction that there's <laughs> people can get pregnant. <laughs> and I am one of those. I'm here. You're the living proof. So I am the proof. And <laughs> as well as your dad is living proof because <laughs> Grandma Betty got pregnant while... Um, I think hers was an IUD. Shut up. So, oh my God. Anyway. That's so So I, I decided I was going to wake up everybody in the morning because I was born at two, two something in the morning. I usually remember this and I kind of remember it was two something in the morning. Two, I think 2.01 a.m. Oh my God. <laughs> and there's five kids at home. Mm-hmm. I'm the sixth one. And then also my mom and dad had their very, very close friends living nearby, which is Shana's grandparents. And I think it was Auntie Lily that came over to watch kids. Mm -hmm. So my dad's taking my mom to the hospital. They're getting on the freeway. This now, you know, we're living in Reseda and the hospital is in Encino. And even though it's not that far away, you know, it's still good to hop on the freeway. So he hops on the freeway. He misses the exit. (laughs) My mom's water broke. No. Uh, but eventually he gets us to the hospital and I am in perfect position to come out mm-hmm. of grandma, right? You know, my head is in the right position and, and all that. And I think I must have freaked out that I was getting out into the big world because I decided to swim <laughs> and oh. put my head in the other direction. No. Well, I'm not coming out. I'm not yeah, ready. I really am not ready. It's warm I'm in here. I'm not ready for this. So they had to get forceps and pull me out because my butt came out first. So I was breech. But oh 
Yeah. I mean, they took the forceps. Apparently, when they pulled me out, my butt was all bruised from these big forceps <laughs> pulling me out of grandma. So, so you came out butt first. I came out butt first. Some people oh come God. out feet first, head first. No, no. I thought I'd make it a little bit more difficult and do the butt. <laughs> then that's it. Oh, my God. You must have been coming out. That must have been a sight. <laughs> you know what? Folded like a lawn chair, just like... <sighs> exactly and so before grandma had passed away when we were sit there i would imitate that position that i was in you know like my hands were touching my feet and my butt was coming out first if for some reason that cracked her up that was just so funny but boy i mean i think about you know i wasn't a bad child or but i was very very i'm sure i kept my mom and dad on their toes (laughs) from day one Yes, from day one. You know, thinking, oh, yeah, that birth control pill is going to help. Nope. I broke that barrier. Thank you. I'm so glad I'm here. Like, (laughs) both grandmas were on the pill. pill. They were were taking BC and I, yeah. No, see. Boom. We were meant to be. We were. Yeah. I would look, their faces, when he missed the exit, when they said your butt's coming out for all of those faces, you wish we saw it. You know, when I come out, you know, when I'm ready to present myself, I want it to be memorable. (laughs) (laughs) I think you were the most memorable birth, right, out of all of them. But the butt, you know what, I have to be honest, I haven't heard anybody else's birth story. It was probably normal. (laughs) Fine. I mean, grandma did tell me before I did ask her about it and it just didn't seem as exciting. You know, water breaking on the freeway, missing the freeway exit, my butt coming out first. I mean, I love all of it. Who can beat that? At 2.51 in the morning. Mm 2.51. Yeah. An inconvenience, but but a miracle. (laughs) I was teaching them. You got to learn how to, you know, be a little bit more flexible now. Yes. So thank you all for joining us today. And an extra special thank you to my mama, my mama Angelina. Thank you very much for joining us today. It was uh, was, uh, quite a good therapy session, even though this is not technically therapy. I didn't realize I was going to cry. Yeah. We surprise you, you know. I'm not going to apologize for my crying, but I do apologize for my crying. No, no. (laughs) No apologies. It was was a very nice experience to get in touch with all those things again. It was lovely. So before we check out, we have some homework like every week and we know you're going to do it because it's a great assignment. For homework for this week, we would like you to physically document a list of things you want to do, whether it be, I know some people like to do like vision boards or make like a list on your notes app or write it down, however you want, just like physically things you want to do, big or small, like you want to get a dog at some point or you want to buy that dress that you've been seeing online, anything, and just write it down and do things. Things that you can accomplish, just check them off as you go on, and then you can look back at it and see everything that you've done so far. So yeah, um, it's a good feeling. It is a lovely feeling. Yeah, because I have dozens and dozens of journals with check marks. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to connect with us, you can find us on all of the social media platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even TikTok at Fine I'm Not Fine Pod. If you're currently experiencing a crisis, we suggest reaching out to someone you love or calling the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Or if texting is more of your thing, you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741 to talk to someone from the crisis text line. We hope you have a genuinely fine day today. Make sure to drink your water and join us next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.